Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I am your host, Rosh Sillers. We begin another show talking about your obsession, YouTube, what you think about night and day, whether you're just thinking about starting a YouTube channel, you've published the first video, you got up the guts to hit the publish button and now you're waiting for those views to come in or maybe you have published 25, 50, 100, 1,000 videos. Trust me, you can do that. And the thing is, we often wonder, now what? And that's the topic of this week's show, talking about what to do after you've published your YouTube video. Now, some things may seem instinctive However, those things that seem instinctive and quite natural to do may actually harm your channel. Hey, before we get too deep into this show, if you have other friends who are trying to grow a YouTube channel, could you do me a favor? Share this show with them. And they can go back in the archives and listen to all the experts and people who've done very well with YouTube. And you can just tweet this out. You go to tubeblog.com and tweet from there or put it on Facebook, wherever you find a YouTube community or friends who would like to grow a YouTube channel. So you've done it. You've published your video. Now what? What should you do? Well, obviously what I was kind of hinting at was maybe promote it a little bit. But the thing is, if you really want to do well on YouTube, chances are, well, you want YouTube to promote it more than you can possibly promote your video. However, in the very beginning, that can be really hard. Your goal may be to be found in search on YouTube or maybe browse and suggested videos. Absolutely, that's certainly how videos and YouTube channels take off, is being promoted by YouTube. However, there is nothing wrong with you doing a little promotion too because YouTube actually appreciates it when you bring people onto the platform. But the thing is, they need to be the right people. People who actually care about what it is you are creating. That's why the sub for sub thing and just trying to get anyone to subscribe really doesn't work. It's better to be strategic, targeting the people who really care. And one of the first things that I would do after I publish my video is send the video out to my email list. Now, not just any email list. My favorite email list is the email list that has been created or generated from my YouTube channel. Now, early in the game, it may not be very many people, but here's the thing. You may have 100 subscribers, but it's possible that only 10, 20, or 30 of them will be notified, depending on how recently they've watched your videos and seem to enjoy them. And it's the job of the YouTube algorithms to figure out who it feels, the algorithm feels, would enjoy your videos the most. And they will select a number of people to show that video to. And if it doesn't pass the test, the signals that the algorithms are looking for, well, then it's not gonna show it to other people that very well may enjoy that video. At least 
there's less of a chance. So why don't you build that email list from your channel, giving, giving some kind of an offer that people would sign up for and even let them know, we'll keep you updated when new videos are released. And as that email list grows, it becomes more and more powerful. And keep that email list clean, meaning you wanna make sure that it's the people who are most likely to click and take a look at your next video or read the email at least. Maybe they'll just go to your YouTube channel. And so there are people that may not open your email after a while, clean them off, get rid of them. I know it, your list gets smaller, but it gets more powerful. And just like that, you now have a ready to go group of people who would be interested in your next video. And so you can let the YouTube algorithm show it. And sometimes it's the same person. There's some crossover because good fans, good members of your community are probably going to watch your videos recently as well as open the email. But still, it will help to increase the momentum and velocity of your videos. And if a lot of people start showing positive signals, especially people who spend time on YouTube, remember, you got those people from YouTube, so you know they like YouTube. It's a lot different than if you got those emails off of your website or Facebook or some other platform. These are people who watched your videos, liked you enough, your topic enough, and subscribed to your offer. So it's a much more powerful group of people that can really help kick off that video in that critical first few hours and days. But my best recommendation is to start that email list early. Even when you're just beginning your channel, put some sort of offer there. Because even if people don't take you up in that offer, you can test different offers to see which one the people who watch your videos appreciate most. Next, you may think, okay, social media. But remember, just like we talked about before, Social media can be okay if the audience is right. Now, it's really hard to switch platforms. However, if you have an Instagram account, for example, with the same type of an audience, maybe there's some opportunity there. You can certainly test it out. I wouldn't put a lot of effort into it. Again, i rather YouTube promote my videos more so than outside sources. However, again, if you do have a relevant audience that would appreciate it, well, then maybe do some samples of your videos and share them on Facebook or share them within a specific group that may be interested specifically in the type of topics that you are creating. But again, when you go into, say, a Facebook group or start your own Facebook group, which is not a bad way to go because that can support your YouTube channel, I've seen many Facebook groups who support a core YouTube channel. But again, it's an audience that are both on Facebook and YouTube who like Facebook and enjoy interacting and maybe even feel like they're getting a little more behind the scenes or direct access to you than they do on YouTube. It's kind of a back channel kind of a thing. And if you can make it a desirable place to be for your community when you don't have a new video up, it can be a good way to really cultivate and keep your audience motivated between videos. And once again, you can share your videos 
in those groups and they're not going to be offended because it's your group. And if it's not your group, if you're spending time really interacting and you offer a link to your YouTube video on a relevant topic and it's not against the rules of the group, in most cases, people will not mind because they already know you, they trust you, they respect you, and they know you're putting that video there to help. But again, other people may see that video in that group and decide, well, let me check it out too. You can do the same thing on LinkedIn and other groups, but remember, don't just pick any group. Make sure you're cultivating that group, you're becoming a trustworthy member of that group, and that the audience you send to YouTube will care about maybe future YouTube videos, not just that video. So now you have promotion going with relevant audiences, but there's more to do. This is a process over really a few days, if not weeks, to examine what is going on with your video. What are the things that you can do to improve the performance of that video, but then also analyze what happened with that video so you can improve your next video. So what can you do to improve the performance of your video? You should have a baseline understanding that normally after you release a video in the first couple hours, you should have 20, 50, 100, 1,000 views. Everyone has a different number. You should know what that middle line is. And if you are not getting at least that midline, that average, that maybe if you are 10 or 20% below average, or one of the things you can do is use the dashboard in your YouTube studio where they rank one to 10, your best performing videos out of the last 10. And if it's not above a five in the first few hours, that maybe you take a look. Take a look and see if people are watching the full video. Are people clicking on that thumbnail and title? Those are two things, very important things you should probably look at. And you should be prepared right after or even before you launch. And I, I think a lot of experts would say, you should do this before you launch your video, but have them available after you've published your video, new titles, relevant titles, and thumbnails. Have some backups. I know a lot of us, we use our thumbnail as a last, last step in the process. It's really quick, we just pull it together, maybe grab a screenshot, add some text, and there we go. But it needs to be more than that. It needs to be something that helps to tell the story, the video, to get people to click. And if the title isn't getting people's interest or that thumbnail isn't capturing attention, you should probably consider replacing them and seeing if you can get an increase in activity. And sometimes, quite often, right after I put up a new thumbnail, I start getting an increase in activity. And that may just be YouTube giving that thumbnail a shot. But if it doesn't perform, it's going to go back about to where it was. Now, I don't always like to change the title, especially if the video is supposed to place in search. I've done my research. I've decided what it is that I want it to rank for. And that's search engine optimization for YouTube. 
And I, I don't like to necessarily mess with that. But if that's not the case, well, then try maybe a more relevant but intriguing title and maybe using a question or a shorter title or a more bold title with power words that will get people's attention. One thing I would also do after you've uploaded your video and hit publish is to go back and just take a look at the rest of the settings on your video. Take a look at your description. The first sentence or two is very powerful when it comes to search engine optimization. So if you were considering maybe a different title that you wanted to rank for that was similar but a little bit different, well, maybe make that the first sentence in your description. And it's quite possible you could rank for both of them. Make sure everything is filled out. If your video is not for children, then make sure that button is clicked. Make sure all of your monetization settings are the way you want them. Go through your tags. Now, tags aren't that important, but in the first few hours they are. They're helpful and maybe you have an idea. Maybe you started searching around to see if your video popped up and maybe it isn't searched, but there are some other videos that are around it that are similar with some other keywords. So maybe you throw them in there. Will it help? Perhaps, maybe in the very short term. But again, if your video does not perform, well, not much is going to happen anyway over the long term. It'll slowly move down the ranks of search and most certainly will not be suggested if people don't respond well. After you publish your video, you should definitely be there for those who comment and respond. At least give them a heart even if they just say hi. Now, I don't like those comments either, but at least it shows additional interaction. And look, them coming to say hi is some sort of activity. And giving them a heart is saying, hey, thank you for the activity. But if it's a real question, a real thought, you want to be there to engage the people who really appreciate the types of videos that you are creating. Now, if you're a very large channel, I'm sure it can become overwhelming. So you'll set a time aside, maybe the first hour after you release the video, or maybe every morning for an hour you go through your comments. There are a number of tools such as TubeBuddy, as well as YouTube launching more tools to help us go through our comments and to respond to people we haven't responded to yet that we think we probably should respond to. So make, make that a priority. Make commenting to people who are coming to your channel. And if you've noticed, if say you have the vidIQ extension in your, in your browser, you may see how many subscribers that person who commented has. Well, that can be valuable. If you see somebody that maybe is within the same niche, they very well may be a good possibility to collaborate with down the road. They've, they've seemed to care about your channel and they have commented on your channel. Go over to their channel and comment too. So it doesn't have to be somebody with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. It could be somebody that's on par with you or even maybe even half your size. That's fine or maybe even double your size, but somebody within your range that you can work together with to help each other grow. It's good to keep an eye out for those opportunities. And like I said, going to other people's channels in kind saying, look, hey, I really appreciate your videos too. 
you never know what kind of relationship will develop down the road. After your video has been out maybe a week, you should take the time and review that video and its performance. Now, one of the best metrics that I think is out right now, and there are a number of new metrics right now that YouTube is putting in the YouTube studio, and one is the first 24 hours and comparing the first 24 hours of your video to other videos. And remember how we talked about the 10 or 20% difference? Well, take a look. Did it do about average on par? Did it get more views than normal? Did it get fewer views than normal? Take a look at your browse features. Take a look at how many people came from their home screen and compare it. And you can see those are the core people that really enjoy your videos. Because sometimes we have a video that maybe pops a little bit in search and we start getting more than usual activity on our videos over time but ultimately it was not our core audience. So we wanna make note and look at the different traffic sources and see where people were coming from. And did our home crowd, our home team really enjoy that video? That's in the browse features compared to the last video or maybe a few other videos. But compare the traffic sources, compare the view duration, compare your videos to each other in those first 24 hours under different metrics that are important to you. Even subscribers. Did this video produce more subscribers than the previous videos or less? Again, depending on your goals, but you should look at that. If people are not enjoying that video, then you know don't make more of that video and try something different. Look back at your other videos and see, okay, this was doing pretty well. I'll make a similar video to this. You, you really should go after that momentum let your winners win, make more similar types of videos, not exact, but give it a little room to breathe. You know, sometimes it's a month, maybe it's six months or even a year down the road in which you make another version of the videos that are winning in your library. However, if you can determine that this video that you've just published, maybe after a week, you see that it, it got more views and your home team really liked it. The browse feature crowd, they really liked the video and it started taking off and it's getting suggested and people are watching it, meaning they're, they're watching at least 50% of this video, maybe 40% depending on how long it is. And they really enjoyed it. All right, well now the next question is, what will be the next video that I can create that the people who enjoyed this video would enjoy next. However, you can take it even a step further and not just the video as a whole, but what were the parts of your video that your audience enjoyed or the people that are watching your video enjoyed? And what you can do is again, go to your, your YouTube analytics and go to engagement. And under engagement, you'll see key moments for audience retention. This is a relatively new feature. And it'll show you your best 10 videos for four different metrics. And that's intro, continuous segments, spikes, and dips. Spikes, definitely a good one to take a look at. These are things that people rewound, watched again. And it's quite possible that you said something that they're interested in. It was a topic that they were interested in 
or maybe there was a graphic that you created or just something that grabbed their attention that improved the all-important retention in your video. One thing you will note when you go there is that they'll show you the intro and that's the first 30 seconds of your video. And how did you do? Which videos got 70%, 60%, 80% retention in the first 30 seconds? I like to use one minute. However, and maybe you're having an issue like I am where I get a lot of traffic from channel sources, channel pages, and that really hurts the look of the overall retention graph. So what I do is I look about three minutes into my videos and what I'm trying to do is increase percentage-wise gradually the people who are in there for three minutes. And so if it's at 25%, that may not be great, but that's okay. Start working for 26 on average, 27, 30%, and keep moving that number up. Keep trying to figure out what you can do to move that average up despite the fact that there's a large number of traffic sources in that graph that are not the people who really care. I just want to increase the percentage of people who really care and watch that video all the way through. And so I've been... And this is recent. I've been using the three-minute mark, too. I like to look at the 30-second because that's what YouTube seems to care about because generally YouTube shows you what they care about and they're showing you 30-second mark. But we've traditionally liked to look at that 70% for one minute, but I'm also looking at three minutes as long as the video is uh, well over three minutes. There are a lot of metrics to review and even more coming down the road from YouTube to help you understand your audience, what your audience likes, what your audience dislikes, and giving you some ideas to help you make better videos. And that's the goal. After you've launched your video, and I know there are many of you who've not launched your first video yet, you're waiting for everything to be perfect. You can't learn. You can't go through the process of learning until you hit the publish button and see that only two people watch that video or to see that it instantly got 100 views. You have to see what is working and what is not working to make the adjustments necessary to grow on YouTube. You need to hit that publish button so you can review the video and take a critical look at it and say, wow, my lighting is horrible, or wow, I really am stumbling over words, or I'm using uh, or um, and, you know, I use and all the time. I have my words that I use as kind of a pause point in between my thoughts. We all do that, but sometimes we have to learn how to control them, and we have to learn how to better edit our videos. And quite often, the retention graph will show us where we need to improve our editing because that's where people start to get bored. I would also recommend that after you launch your video, after you hit that publish button, watch your video. And if two, three minutes in, you're thinking of something else, you're looking at your phone, you're not really engaged with what is there, guess what? That's probably the same with other people. And let me tell you something, I watch my videos and I catch myself getting bored. And that's not a good sign. And so I have to make note, at what point 
that I start getting bored. I'm the creator and I started getting bored. So don't do that again. <laughs> and when you understand that, you're just going to continuously improve the quality of your videos. Be real about it. Understand that everyone has something that they can improve after they push the publish button. I'll talk to you next week. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubeblog.com.